0: Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. It is 9:50 a.m., Wednesday, October 13th. How does that feel? <laughs> um, goddamn, goddamn, goddamn. So I, who, all I really want to talk about today is CJ the X. I mentioned them a little bit before. Um, finally sat down and watched last night. video called um Bo Burnham versus Jeff Bezos a video essay. It's a two and a half hour video essay right and I like long form content you know as you as you might can tell. (laughs) I used to listen to Lex Friedman a lot. I just haven't recently just because I've been hyper fixated about other stuff but um, I, I took some time, you know, because I, I didn't, you know, j- the Bull Burnham stuff, it was really cool. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. And I, um, saw FD's, um, FD the Signifier, uh, their video essay on it. And, and he was talking about some great stuff. But I'm not usually one for video essays, especially about, you know, Netflix specials or media. Uh, it's just not really my bag. But, um, I watched their other videos CJ CJDX and it was, it was just fantastic like the way he talks um his performance uh, and they're like just everything <laughs> I really I really enjoy you know his content um granted a lot of this some of his videos are not really something I would be interested in or seem like something I would be interested in but um I remember FD uh strongly recommended To watch this video essay Even though it's two and a half hours And um, all the other stuff So I was like okay Last night um, I was feeling very frustrated Because I just want to see my freaking partner (laughs) Um, You know Every day apart feels like a freaking week Feels like a month And it's just just so Ruling because once again I know that we're going to be at this turning point and be able to afford to move in together finally after all these years after almost six years, over six years of being together, right but still, now that we're so very close, it feels so very frustrating when I don't get to sit here on a daily basis so uh, I was kind of dealing with that, and I was just going to kind of like, just watch a little movie like, looking at Free Guy or something like that, just to just to be like, you know Try to not fixate on this feeling, but I was like, you know what? No, I'ma check out C, the, C, C J the X, and oh boy, oh boy, that was the best, best thing I've, I've ever, I've ever done, not ever done, but ever could have done in this situation. And um, I don't know where to start. <laughs> All right, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say a bunch of stuff that I've been thinking about as I was watching this video. And um, as I slept over it and woke up this morning thinking about it And, um, yeah, we're just gonna jump right into it Because, he he, he just goes into so many things Pretty much explains everything But not really everything, obviously But, well, let me, let me just get into this stop, stop stop, preluding Where I make a whole Hegelian uh, <laughs> prelude But basically, um, so some... some where, where where do I start? God damn it! <laughs> so it's a two and a half video essay, and it starts with him talking about Burr Burnham, and um, his 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 video, um, or the his special inside, which was once again great, and um, <laughs> the, the, basically the entire video, uh, mostly for the most part. Some well, not really, but hinges. Um, not re- oh my gosh, how do I even explain this? Go watch the video. First of all, go watch the video. Go watch. CJ the X, Bo Burner versus uh, Jeff Bezos video essay. Go watch that. Yes, it's two and a half hours, but, you know, watch it while you shower, while you uh, um, do work, while you mm-hmm. work out, while you go jog, you know, pause if you need to. It was perfect for me because I didn't have to, you know, speed up the, the his voice or anything like that. It was just, I feel like it was perfect for my potentially ADHD brain. It was fantastic. So go watch it. Um, because I'm I'm having a hard time explaining <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> um, but in essence, uh there's a skit in there where he's talking about well burn for uh Bull Burnham's inside. He made a song about Jeff Bezos. So he's going off of this and goes into the whole fact that God damn it, why why I don't know why I keep I keep <laughs> I might just have to start this over or something. No, I'm going to keep this in. (laughs) Uh, He talks about, like, from the aspect of first, you know, kind of art and media. Um, Then he gets into, you know, the fact that he he wanted to kind of downplay Bo Burnham and say, oh, just another, you know, one of these specials. Yes, it was cool, but it was not that deep. But then as he looked into all of Bo Burnham's content, um, all of his, his, his stuff that he's created over the years um, and on the interviews he's talked about he realized that Bo Burnham had pretty much a, has a pretty much amazing grasp on what's going on today in terms of the internet and politics and all this other stuff in ways that most people either have not been able to um, elucidate like explain or have not truly experienced yet right him being somebody basically raised on the internet or raised with the internet since his early adolescence and um this plays a huge part into this whole thing, so like i said let me let me i'm sorry i'm I'm trying in my head, I'm trying to like go in order, but then I also want to jump to this part and this part and this part and this part. I'm finding it really difficult to you know bring these two aspects of my mind together so yeah I'm just gonna jump around I'm sorry just go watch the video if it doesn't if I'm not making sense it's not it's not the video essays part is my fault go watch the video please please okay it's two and a half hours but go watch it please all right it's it's incredible okay I'm gonna jump around Um, one of the amazing parts that really stood out to me Everything stood out to me, but <laughs> when he talked about transhumanism, right he brought in transhumanism, um, because this is some of, the thing, one, of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, in many aspects, and you kind of hear about it here and there a little bit, like the idea, first of all, the idea of transhumanism is that we will eventually evolve into a, a new kind of species that kind of goes beyond human. Right, we use technology to give ourselves superpowers and um, be more than human, right? Something else, and in many ways, we are already trans in that process. Like we are already cyborgs in a way, right? Because the way in which many of us use devices, especially younger folk, younger people, and this is not a a knock about you know being technically savvy. No, it's about people who use the internet and technology as an extension of themselves, right? So they may not necessarily be technically savvy, per se. They don't know how the computer works. But they use it every single day and they live inside the internet, right? That's one of the things he he was talking about. And to me, you know, I don't know why I'm already winded. I'm just, you know, excited. But to me, this is super important because here I am, you know, trying to help create the open metaverse and all this other stuff, and you hear all the time, oh, the metaverse is, is a place where you have virtual worlds, and you'll be able to live inside, basically, the internet. You'll be able to have, you know, venture into the virtual reality and things like that. And I've always tried to tell people, like, it's not that it's going to be a completely different world or, you know, different than today. Yes, it's going to be very different, but at the same time, we're already inside the internet. Like... The fact that most of us or many of us, especially younger folks, use the internet every single day to make experiences, right? To to communicate with our friends and family, to um learn things and to um and feel all these things like as we experience the internet, we are already in the metaverse. This is already the metaverse, right? The only difference between what we're going to develop in terms of virtual worlds and, and um things like that is is making it more spatial, right? Which I think is going to be a huge step, right? But however, it's not like we're suddenly going from oh, most people don't use it till now, everybody's no, no, it's it's we're already in the, in the in the metaverse, we're already in the internet, but now let's make it more apparent that we're in it, right? Let's make it more obvious, let's make it more um interactive in a way. So. I'm gonna also jump around to like that Jeff Bezos um piece. So he, he he starts off kind of sort of with that because um he mentioned how this this short little um kind of song Bill Burner made about Jeff Bezos It's very eerie and very powerful in that it it it's super simple, right? He's just repeating the name, sitting uh simple uh, stating facts, you know, Jeff Bezos or whatever, how or however it went. <laughs> I'm terrible with it. I don't remember. But he just stated fast, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, Jeffrey Bezos, born in nineteen sixty four, this, that, and the other, right? Like it's it's just stating simple facts. And then it goes into, you know, like rooting him on. Oh, you can do it, right? Um and all this other stuff. He goes he basically points out the fact that Jeff Bezos is like the, the golden child of capitalism. Right? He's like the perfect almost perfect view of what capitalism can do right he he started from essentially nothing you know his parents were were um had were teenage you know parents they had him at the age of i think his mom was 17 his dad was 19 you know his mom had to fight to keep him in school or you no know, for her to stay in school while she was pregnant with him cuz i was like the 1960s or so and they were, <laughs> uh, you know they were not having that back then but she you know fought to stay in school and she graduated high school with him as a child, as a you know, a little baby. And then she went to what night school and all this other stuff and he, you know, taught himself how to how to, you know, um use electronics and all this other stuff and you know, eventually went to college or graduated, you know, uh valedictorian high school, went to college and graduated four point two there and then, you know, started his own business and all this other stuff, like whole, you know, started from the bottom now I'm here type stuff, right? And it's it's exactly what people you know say capitalism is capable of right and furthermore he's 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 almost like the 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 ideal kind of ceo at least you know thematically in that he doesn't seem to have any serious you know accusations against him in in terms of his character like he's a very principled person he wrote a whole memo saying you know um what's cool in his organization which is like you know being a good person listening to feedback you know accepting change uh listening to younger people if they have ideas this that and the other right um and furthermore his whole company is based on like Amazon is based on the fact is is obsessed with customer obsession like that's the whole thing customer obsession where they do everything they can to give people what they want, and it's something as me when I was back in my you know uh want to be a trillionaire days, right? <laughs> that's something I looked up to because I was like, yes, yeah, see, customer uh, obsession works. Like looking at customer centricity works, right? Because and he also was one of the folks that was like, you know, don't pay attention to these quarterly you know growth to quarter, qu- uh, quarterly stocks or whatever, right? Like that doesn't really matter. Look at the long term, and that's something I've always been saying. Like look at the long term. Right? look at the long-term profitability. It doesn't matter if you're profitable or you know not profitable in the short term. It matters if 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 you're delivering value to the customer, right? If you're giving them what they want, what they desire, right? And that's exactly what Amazon does. And now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but he points out this fact that Amazon is the, the ideal kind of capitalist scenario, <laughs> right? Give customers exactly what they want, you know. Build a whole um a marketplace, you know make the marketplace so big that everybody can kind of participate and all this other stuff and it's just like exactly what capitalism says you should be able to do but and here's the problem we still have a shit ton of problems all right and amazon is the source of many of these problems not not all of them not my 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 far shot however it also even though exemplifies the best of capitalism it also exemplifies the worst of capitalism. How is that? Right? And this is something I've been, I've been thinking about recently as well. And the fact that many of these big tech companies today kind of exemplify the problem with capitalism. Is that even when you are super successful and are quote unquote saving the world, changing the world, you know, and giving customers what they want. Right? Facebook says that all the time. All we're doing is just trying to connect people. You know, Twitter, Microsoft, uh, Netflix. Oh, oh, all we're doing is just delivering value, right? The problem with capitalism is that it mistakes value for profit, right? It says money is the measurement of value. Money is the singular, you know, pretty much dictator of value. That's basically the the whole issue with 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 capitalism. It says you know anything that has value should be you know. A monetary uh, thing, and if and the reason, like if you if you make a lot of money, it's because you deliver value to people, right? But of course, with with value, it does not actually explain, or rather, with money, it does not really it does not really indicate true value. Right, because we, we we and I mentioned this before when I was talking about the, the the history of money. But value is value. Value is whatever we want it to be. And before money itself was not meant to be a oh, oh you know that's worth this amount of money. No, it's it's money itself was a currency, in which itself had value because you could use that currency outside of the markets. Like if you had salt or shells, you can craft things with it, right? You can eat with it. If you even if you when you had gold, you can turn that into accessories and this that and the other. And that's not to say gold is any more valuable than, you know, fiat currency or blockchain or anything like that. No, it's the fact that we can do something with it. Right? The value was what humans used and 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 uh how we were able to You know just just live life right a lot of aspects of our lives is valuable to us but we don't and we can't put a dollar sign on it like (laughs) you know being in love is extremely valuable but that's not something you can put a a dollar amount to and we shouldn't right there's many many aspects of human life the the and you know CJX goes into it talking about the soul I don't necessarily like to talk about the soul because I think it's one of those things that is a little bit too ambiguous. And granted, he did give a, a definition of it. But still, even with definitions, like you tend to, I don't know, for me, it just didn't really hit. Um, I kind of instantly translated soul to consciousness. Right? There's a lot of aspects of the consciousness in which of our conscious you know, lives that we can't really monetize in terms of value. And trying to do so just just makes it less apparent, makes it less good. Right? It makes it less meaningful, less fulfilling when we when we try to put a some some monetary value on something that is so deep and and almost indescribable. All right. So so basically, he mentions the fact that you know Jeff Bezos is amazing, Amazon is amazing, no doubt. But the fact is, it's still. It shows you the problem with the system, right? It Doesn't matter what individuals do, if the entire system is fucked up. Like, <laughs> what's the what's the point, right? And here's 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 where he kind of driv- drives this home some more. He says, um, the problem with you know this this value this customer obsession is that you are not a customer, right? People think that oh, it's just giving us you know what we want. No, it's giving you what they can get from you it's it's guiding you into a consumer role and it just because they change the name from consumer to customer doesn't change the interaction it's making you into a, a, a consumer right somebody who who just eats who just takes who buys right the value they see in you is not you as a person it's the part of you in which will buy things right And they use data the same way Every time you Every click you make Every pause you make On their website Every other website you go to um, That's connected by cookies And this, that, and the other Like they track everything For the data So they can better uh, Create these algorithms Right? To recommend you Not exactly what you want As a human being But what you can buy What you can consume Right? And the difference there Is pretty significant Because these same algorithms, these same kind of techniques of using artificial intelligence is also used in all of these social media platforms, right? It's geared towards, and I've mentioned it many times before, it's geared towards engagement, it's geared towards watch time. So that you can feed the algorithms, feed the the ad revenue. Nobody cares about you. Not in these um, companies, not in these algorithms when you have some suggested content, it's not about what will make you more fulfilling that day and, and what will improve your life. The, the algorithm doesn't care. It just tags all this stuff and says, hey, you know, people that look at this, you know, they might look at that. And that gets a lot of views. You know, that gets a lot of ads. It tries to guide you into this rabbit hole, the, the nearest rabbit hole. That will send you down a time of watching a whole bunch of stuff. Whether it's a whole bunch of leftist stuff, a whole bunch of right stuff, a whole bunch of, you know, whatever. The algorithm doesn't care. It's completely impartial to whether you're looking at, you know, neo-Nazi stuff or, you know, anarchist stuff. Or um, anywhere in between, or you know, uh, My Little Pony. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so long as they can place ads there and people, you know, watch that stuff and, you know, eventually click on the ads or even just watch the ads. Right, that's that's how they win. That's how they get the money. Same thing with Amazon. We think it's like, oh, so great. It's it's giving us everything we want. No, it's not giving you everything you want. It's manipulating you very subtly, very subtlety, subtle, sub subtly, however you say that, so that you can buy more things from them. Right, and I think we we kind of know this. Many of us kind of us know this. Many of us realize that. We probably are buying more things than we ever have before. Even older folks who, you know, lived from you know before there was an internet. And this also goes into one of the things that I kind of disagree with him, in that he mentions he, he kind of makes it seem like the internet is one of the, it's like the 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 biggest problem with um, humanity today. He doesn't not not from the aspect of oh internet is bad, but no, in terms of how the internet is structured under a capitalist system where these algorithms are forcing you to do these things. He also goes into some really great depth about, you know, the, the positives of the internet and the, the, the amazing art that can, can be created and the amazing amount of communication that can happen through things like memes and things like, you know, all this other stuff, right? He goes into great depth about that and mentions the fact that it's really amazing that we can keep up these... we can keep and we can maintain and create this amazing amount of communication and have access. We basically have superpowers, right? That you can Google anything that you can think about, that you can, you know, um, tap into your your phone or your device. Like, that's superpowers. At the same time, the internet doesn't, as it's designed today, doesn't really care for fulfillment. Right? It cares to, to once again guide you into the nearest rabbit hole. The nearest rabbit hole of profitability, mind you. <laughs> Right, whatever that may be, he talked about the two extremes on the internet of you know the Tumblr and versus 4chan. Like the Tumblr, super safe space that can be kind of annoying, and that people are like, oh, you shouldn't say that, you know. Um, versus 4chan, which is like people just being um, offensive just to be offensive because oh, freedom, right? <laughs> right, um, and that pretty much reflects what we see in our politics, the left and the and the and the right, especially in America, but many other places around the world. Right, the super liberals and the super conservatives who don't actually come to an agreement and can't really conversate—they just, you know, try to slam dunk each other. Right, they just try to um, go off on of one another. Right, on the other person, and that is a huge problem. He mentions that, you know, the internet unfortunately turns every serious conversation into a meme fest, where you're just throwing jokes back at each other. And so, oh, you know, you get offended by that? Oh, you can't, you know, you're too serious, blah, 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 right? You're turning everything into a joke. And what that really is, is, um, as they say, the opium for the masses, right? That's a way, and I think the new word for it is copium, right? <laughs> Where you're trying to deal with all the problems that we have in our world, but because people can't talk seriously about these things, and they just meme it to hell, right? People think that there is no solutions. that you just have to deal with it. Like It's just... We're just going, the whole place is going to shit Like the apocalypse, you know It's a very fatalistic approach He mentions that Unfortunately a lot of the internet Makes you feel like, uh, you know Being a consumer is the best you can, you can do You know, just, just buy things that, you, that, that make you feel good You know, go online and post things that make you feel good And call it a day You know, even with greenwashing Buy things that make you feel like you're helping the world But don't really, you know, look at you know, Whether or not it's actually helping the world And because nobody can really have some serious conversations about, you know, what is wrong, what is right, what we should do about things and how we should fix things. They just throw memes and just, you know, stuff like that. And I don't just mean memes as in like the little pictures, if you're unfamiliar with meme culture, but also like tweets and, you know, think people like Trump who go on national TV and just make a fool of themselves. Right. Because it's funny. And they can make a fool of their impo- opponent. Instead of engaging with what the uh, other people are actually saying, right? He just, oh, <laughs> wait, whatever, just makes fun of it. Make, turns it into a joke. And so people like, ha, you slam dunk on that liberal, right? <laughs> and so now people aren't even thinking about the actual problems. They just slam dunking on each other. And so we lo- we lose a lot of the ability to even solve these problems because be- people are too busy wanting to laugh or not be offended uh, <laughs> about, you know, the actual problems that we're trying to solve. And because of that, right, people once again have this fatalistic approach to the world. Young people, older people, everyone just feels like there's nothing we can do. So might as well just sit back and watch it burn, right? <laughs> Send memes, uh, Buy on Amazon what you're trying to get next. And here's another I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but the so so going back to the problem with Amazon and capitalism, right? It seems like, oh yes, the, the story works. You work hard, you can create a, a massive company and boom, now you're a billionaire, right? But here's the problem. Once again, it didn't solve any of the problems. This customer centricity, this customer obsession was a customer obsession, not a human obsession. Right, it, it it did really well with creating entirely new marketplaces of consumer behavior of being able to buy at a click of a button. That's amazing, amazing. Don't get me wrong, it really is amazing, but it's also extremely scary, right? That whole immediate response, that whole um, it hijacks that whole immediate response of of hunter gatherer cultures and and our entire history of humanity and turns it into this. Um, immediate consumption, so instead of paying attention to the ecosystem or or when you buy something what it what, where it comes from or you know wh- how how it got there or anything like that you're not you don't care about any of that you just care that that there's something out there you want boom you click a button now it's here right you've divorced yourself from the entire system where you think it's just it's <laughs> just you know okay to just just consume. And that's what's deeply problematic about, you know, what's going on today. Jeff Bezos shows you what's possible. But he also shows you what's the problem. Right? People love to hate on Jeff Bezos. He's doing this and doing that. But it's not really, you know, a problem of Bezos. It's a problem of the entire system. And this is why I kind of get frustrated with people, you know, trying to slam dunk on Bezos. Because, once again... It's an individualistic approach. They say, oh, you know, take down the billionaires. It's not the billionaires. The billionaires is just a symptom of the problem. Right? Not even a super, you know, problematic one. Well, it is a problematic one, but, you know, it's it's not the core of the, the, the issue. And people think that if you take down the, 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 the billionaires or whatever, you, you get an automatic win. That's not, it's not a win. <laughs> It's like sweeping the rug under the—I mean, sweeping the, the the dirt under the under the rug. All right? You got it away from what you're looking at, but it's still there. If anything, is now worse because you can it can you know grow a whole bunch of bacteria there now that you're not looking at it. So the problem with Jeff Bezos and Amazon is not that it's you know some some terrible—I um, don't know, like. It, it's not that it's necessarily bad, right? At least in the in the simplistic form is that it manipulates the very concept of what it means to be human. It makes us believe that the only thing that really matters is that we can consume. That the only value that matters is that which is profitable. Eventually it makes it seem like you know the reason capitalism is 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 good is because you know it it makes a whole bunch of money to people for 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 some people and it improves the ability for people to be able to uh consume more things or be able to buy more things or that's not that's not the 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 human endeavor so he points out the fact that with this, you know, kind of transhumanism and 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 uh, getting into capitalism and you know Jeff Bezos and all this other stuff, it kind of, it very much actually reduces the human soul, right? The the human consciousness, the experience that is us. It makes us feel like we as individuals, right, should are are completely at fault for this, right? <laughs> and you hear this all the time with like the the. Starting from the millennials, you know, people used to call the millennials, you know, the narcissistic or sensitive or whatever. You know, now they call the new generation the me generation. But you have to realize that these people, including us, you know, millennials did not choose to live like this, especially with the younger folks, the the Gen Z's. It's like they were parents all the time literally just puts a tablet into the hands of these toddlers of these children. And so, from the very the very beginning, they automatically live inside the internet. It becomes basically a part of them. I mean, he told the story of this little girl he saw, who couldn't be like two years old. She was playing this little um, this little kitty game on there, and um, she could tap the screen to move things around the screen. Of course, like were, I think they were in bath time type of game, right? So she you can tap the soap to to clean them off, and then you tap the, the the towel to dry them. But then when the towel was was on them, you know, she wanted to see her face because you know it's, that's a common psychological thing um, when you're growing up. You you, you get really interested in, in the human face and stuff like that. Um, so she wanted to see their face. Um, so she tried to remove the towel, but the tapping wouldn't work. She kept trying to tap the tap the screen, tap the screen, but it wouldn't work. So then she tried to reach her hand inside the screen and move the towel so already at that age it's like she can't distinguish between reality even though to anybody else it might be obvious no that's that's a screen like obviously you can't picture but that's not what a child you know is able to really grasp and I've seen this myself in like like virtual reality games for instance and that's why I'm very I'm like, okay you know yeah it's cool to show these kids you know what this new technology is going to be like but i'm very reluctant sometimes when it comes to younger kids like 4 5 6 who not, who, who still don't really understand what reality is and you put them in the headset and it's like what what the hell they get completely you know <laughs> um scared and stuff like that um but you see this not just with virtual reality you see this with any device any type of thing and and this is another thing that we know this like we, we, we know that the people who make this technology the people who make social media platforms and even Amazon things like that they don't allow their kids to use the services they don't even allow their own children to use the services that they themselves built because they know exactly how addictive it is they know that they've designed this software and now this hardware right to completely bypass and manipulate a lot of the human psyche, and it deeply erodes, you know, our ability to tell the difference between realities and to, you know, all this other stuff to deal with all these different scenarios and it just—it's really problematic. And again, it's—it's it's not a—it's not a primitivist standpoint, as in, oh, we should not use technology. It's uh, more of a luddite standpoint. And again. If you don't recall... If you don't... You know... If you wasn't there for my episode on Luddism... The Luddites weren't... Weren't anti-technologists... They actually... Were the people who created a lot of these technologies... They were the crafters and the... the Mechanics and... and They understood better than most others... Pretty much anybody other... Anybody else... How these machines worked... But they went in there and smashed these machines... Because they realized and they knew... That this would deeply devalue the human endeavor, the value of humans in general. They knew that if these machines like were en masse and companies would start buying the machines, not because they were losing money on the humans, but because the machines just made them way more money. You know, once again, that's the problem of capital. It doesn't care about you, it doesn't care about the humans, it just cares about profitability. It's a system that is built for profitability at all costs. Whatever you can do to make profit, that's what matters. And sure, you can have amazing amount of progress, but a lot of that progress can be going in the wrong direction i.e. just to make more profit i.e. to manipulate people to make more money you know to pay people less <laughs> and buy machines replace people with machines as much as you can in different areas and all this other stuff like a lot of us were right like I said in that other video So the whole luddite thing is not going back to a time where there's no technology. No, it's it's learning because there is no time where there is no technology. From the minute that we created that we discovered fire, there is no not, not from the minute even before that when we use sticks to beat somebody or to poke to find food, like we, there is no going back. <laughs> All right? And it, it, there's no reason why you have to. The whole purpose is to consciously think about how to use these technologies responsibly, just like if you enjoy guns, think about gun safety all right now i don 't you know i 'm not really with that, but I appreciate the fact that people who really you know think about guns realize there's a difference between anybody being able to just pick up a random a k versus people who actually learn the value and the use and the safety of of gun protocol or if you if you want a less charged type of Statement driving a car. You can't just let anybody just get in the car and start hurling this 3,000, 4,000, 7,000 ton vehicle down the street 60 miles an hour. Like, (laughs) that's not going to be a good experience. We know that we have to teach people how to use a car, how to be a defensive driver. Unfortunately, a lot of people are still, you know, a little bit offensive with it. But we know that we need to teach people How to use this technology When to use it and so on and so forth Again it's been misused Because a lot of places are now completely car dependent But that also shows you the problem It's like it's not about completely Destroying or not allowing this technology It's how to use it responsibly So He mentioned a lot of other things You know once again this transhumanism aspect The fact that Many of us cannot even live without technology. When, like when your phone breaks or if it dies, right? If <laughs> the battery is low. Many of us feel an anxiety, a deep anxiety of that device. Just like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, check that phone. Right? Just, It's like a limb. Even more than that. It's like a part of your brain now. And again, it doesn't have to be a bad thing It is a superpower The fact that we can instantly tell the time You know, instantly Google anything in the world (laughs) You know, connect with somebody across the world Watch videos and podcasts All this other stuff It's amazing, it's a superpower But just like if you had real superpowers You need to learn how to use it responsibly A whole Spider-Man quote (laughs) It's more relevant than ever But if we don't have these conversations If we can't have these conversations Then we're going to constantly be in this Space of this fatalistic approach Of feeling like we are not in control And there's nothing we can do about it Furthermore If we say oh We, we look at it from an individualistic approach Like oh why aren't you more like Jeff Bezos Why aren't you more like this Why?" Aren't you, right We're not looking at the system The entire system is screwed up that's what the whole purpose of a system is. To be more powerful than the, the people that make it up. <laughs> Where the system is greater than the sum of its parts. That's the whole point. That's why we build systems. So they can accomplish things that we as individuals cannot. So to insinuate that we can solve this by making you know reforms or by you know <laughs> um individually making better choices like oh if you if you don't like facebook don't use it if you don't like amazon don't use it that's not the problem the problem is the entire system in which enables something like amazon to exist mm-hmm. by manipulating people and even the market like this is another aspect i want to point out that he mentioned too as amazing as amazon is we have to realize that it is a monopoly. Just because we we it's not something it doesn't seem like something, at first glance, that is abusive, it doesn't mean anything. Like the 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 rail company, what, what what was it, the steel mill company, or whatever. The original monopolies weren't extremely ter- like they created much of the railroads and all this other stuff that we have. Like it's it's not that they are bad at what they do; it's that they're good at it. They're too good at it Not just too good But they're so good that Or rather here Let me rephrase that They're good at it And what they're good at Is the manipulation of people In, in order to make profit The manipulation of people, markets, environment Rather manipulation and exploitation Of people, markets, environment, data, anything A capital right? Turning anything into capital that is what they're good at. And that is the problem. Doesn't matter how good at something you are, if that something is the wrong thing. Doesn't matter how fast you go and in, in, in a direction, if the direction is the wrong way. And that's what I fear um, with Problems like accelerationism. Like, I used to be, you know, personally, like, oh, yes, you know, I want to be a trillionaire. I want to, you know, go to get to the singularity, get to a point where we have all these super intelligent AI and, and you can solve all the world's problems. But here's the problem that's going in the completely wrong direction. Because we got to remember, and this is a huge problem with, pe- with people like Ray Kurzweil and things like that, they can think that, that if we just, you know, make AI smart enough, they'll suddenly gain a consciousness. Then, and that consciousness will be in our favor You know It's deeply unlikely We already have artificial intelligence That's way smarter than any human we, in, in almost every way But their singular Approach like they're, they're geared towards a specific goal That we set for them And that goal is not for human empowerment Or human fulfillment Or, or equality or anything like that That goal is profit <laughs> Increase watch time Increase engagement, increase, you know, this, that, the, like, it's, look at ads. Like, it's, (laughs) the artificial intelligence that we've already created is something that is far beyond us at this time. And if we continue that, if we accelerate that, all we're going to do is accelerate us off the cliff. We're just going to accelerate how how likely it is for AI to be able to manipulate anybody into the perfect rabbit hole for them. So that they're constantly just being consumers. And it can even make you like it. (laughs) Not like it's not forcing you or anything like that. At least not obviously. But because it can collect so much data about you, it can make you feel like you actually have a friend. This is what's scary about things like Amazon... um, the Amazon Echo, not Echo itself, but well yeah, yeah, some parts of Echo. But any of these AI buddy type of technologies, these bots. I did a little bit of, you know, messing around with bots before. It's kind of it's kind of amazing what it can do. And that was a couple of years ago. Now it's even far more advanced. But just think about it, it this if we accelerate the process. And which you can also see in in some manners where people have like downloaded their 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 loved ones entire, you know, Facebook profile or whatever and turn that into a bot so they can talk to them posthumously, you know, after they died. That's that's it seems amazing, right? It seems like, oh well it is amazing. But it seems like a positive thing. Seems like, oh yes, we can talk to people who died, but it's 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 not them. You're not talking to them. You're talking to the performance of them. You're talking to the version of themselves in which they deign to put online even if they felt like they were putting so much parts of themselves online and they were being authentic, just the act of putting things online is a sort of performance. Right? Because you know you're trying to reach out to other people. Here's another thing he mentioned. The, um, the uh, creation of um, these parasocial relationships. Right? The feeling that when you're looking at a celebrity or anybody else, like... They are your friend They are somebody that you can Form an intimate relationship with right? You look at these people And because you think you've, you, you've seen authentic versions of themselves Whether they're actors or whatever right? You begin to think that You are, you know You can be friends with them That you actually know them personally But you don't And that's a huge, huge problem so with these parasocial relationships you look at somebody right and posting youtube content and all this other stuff and it seems like they're just being really awesome right you you post comments and everything like that and then you try to dm them then you try to see them in real life like oh yeah we're we're friends right like no you don't actually know this person it it becomes deeply problematic and this this couples with um What he called it? Horizontal versus vertical, um, like competition or like social. I forgot the exact term he used, but like that feeling, uh, that kind of phenomena where you compare yourself to you know your neighbors, right? Back in the day, used to be like, oh, you know Becky, you know they have a better car, you know keeping up with the Joneses type of thing, right? Where you compare yourself to your peers, or to what seems like your peers. You look at people around you and you say, oh, man, I wish I had that or, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I wish I was, you know, on my, how, am I, how am I in comparison to them, to my peers? Before the internet, that's, it was kind of like that. It's kind of like a horizontal comparison. But now, with the internet, it's a vertical comparison. Where you can easily compare yourself to Kardashian, to you know these uh, celebrities and, and social media pundits who who are who have millions of dollars and all this other stuff. Like this is why it's so problematic with teenage girls because you know with a horizontal relationship you're constantly comparing like your beauty or your your you know self esteem with your peers, seeing you know your siblings or your peers and seeing how you look. And this is a problem with boys too, but it's it it comes out in a different way, like with things like status and money and things like that. Um, or even things like, you know, um, having girls or having uh, partnerships and things like that. But either way, like you're comparing yourself to before you were usually comparing yourself to your peers but now you're comparing yourself to social media quote-unquote influencers who have millions of dollars and tons of fans and all this success and you're thinking that, oh, I should be like them. right? As if it's a, (laughs) you know, direct correlation but again, this is where I kind of sort of not exactly disagree, but also think there's something else going on here, because he mentions this in the, in the space of the Internet. But I also think that this is a huge problem of, of the societal, the hegemonic societal structure that we created, right? Meaning that the reason people even compare themselves to their peers is not some deeply psychological you know aspect of humanity. It's one aspect of humanity in which is encouraged by the, by the civilization that we've created for ourselves, right? And which pits you in these, you know, these uh, car-dependent neighborhoods, these suburban areas where you are keeping up with the Joneses, right? Because you no longer live in a community, you live in a single-family home in which, you know, um, is situated in a quote-unquote neighborhood, I think that creation, that aspect is what creates a lot of these comparisons in the first place. The internet simply exponentiates it, well not really simply, but you know, exponentiates it. It makes it far, far worse. So I think that not only should we, you know, begin to look at the internet and and see how we can fix the internet, but also fix, once again, the physical structure of our environments because another thing he mentioned all right, again it's a two and a half hour video he mentioned a lot of things um was the fact that many of us can't even go a day without screen screen time right he mentioned this thing where his uh this kind of when he went to visit his 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 grandfather in law who was uh taking care of his grandmother um who didn't he didn't really know really well because they were you know kind of bedridden and and i um, not well like his entire life pretty much um, but that person his grandfather had uh, took care of her for like three decades while she was you know in this this hospice in this situation right and they don't even they don't even know him like they never really um, were able to communicate with him much so after she passed he went and you know spent a day or just talked with the, with this with this man, and um, his his phone was dead <laughs> at the time, so he couldn't really use his device. So he went to this man, um, to this man's house. It's a really small little house, one room basically. And this man is like 77 years old, and um, he doesn't have a TV. He doesn't have a computer. All he has is a little phone, which has like no saved numbers. you just Writes in the Post-it or something like that, a couple numbers that he should keep in mind, and and that's it. Like he, all he does is listen to the radio. (laughs) And so he talked with this man, you know, all the all all day. And he was talking about how uh, just interesting it was and amazing it was to have like this this conversation with this with this uh, this dude, and that he would, uh, his grandfather would take a long time to respond to answers as if he was like you know really thinking about these things <laughs> and so that kind of slowdown down in, in in that communication style you know was a big kind of shift for him for cj and um he mentioned how you know things like i think he asked him like you know what was your favorite movie or whatever <laughs> and the man after a while he said uh this this movie he watched like 1970 Or no, he doesn't really like any movies like He just watches sports or listens to sports And things on the radio Because he watched this one movie In 1970 something And he didn't like it so he, he never watched another one again <laughs> Since 1970 something And for CJ the ex He was talking about how That was a complete Just, just crazy to him because like that means everything he does, because, you know, CJX is a YouTuber. He does all this content, and he makes music and all this other stuff. Everything he does on the internet is completely just invisible. which is completely value, valueless to this older man, right? And furthermore, the very act of having a discussion with somebody without, you know, the input of your phone constantly beeping and bopping and drawing your attention away, Kind of forces you to. Be in that moment right. And again we, we know these things. Usually. But we don't really. Know them like we haven't really. Experienced them we haven't really. Many of us you know. Don't often do this on a regular basis. Even myself right. And for many reasons I don't really want to. Because you know. I really enjoy my family. There's not really anybody I can talk to. Um, to talk about all the things I like to talk about <laughs> This is also another reason why I really enjoyed the internet Or um, well, many people I think really enjoy the internet Because it feels like we're constantly surrounded with people Who don't really care about anything that we actually care about and it's, it, it, it feels very isolating um, So CJ the X, He doesn't necessarily advocate for you know um, just cutting off from the internet, because once again, like many of us, <laughs> get a lot of our community from that. But he does advocate for having more long form discussions, having these dialectics, right? Being able to talk with another person without the need to try and slam dunk them or or make a joke out of things or you know stuff like that, and just seriously, you know, look at this person as a human being, not as an idea not as a what they stand for not as a you know meme but as a human being not as a f- value either <laughs> as what their you know what their values are or or how valuable they are to your you know um movement or your company or anything like that but as a human being and in doing so we can do very much like I was been mentioning before and uh, these early philosophers And have this dialectic And be fully conscious Because a lot of times When you're online And you're just sending memes And all this other stuff We're just Kind of like Almost like zombies Just automatically Just responding to things In, the, in a very almost dead manner And um, We don't think about things Very deeply When you're doing that uh, Granted some memes Like he mentioned this before Like memes can be incredible Like it can have an incredible amount of death And you're, if, you're not, if you're not in that culture In the internet culture It's really difficult to appreciate good memes um, So it's not like memes are themselves bad Or anything like that It's the fact that it's once again an overuse It's a coping mechanism And sometimes we need to you know Stop trying to cope With, with everything And just try to figure out how to solve these things How to communicate with people Who think differently And uh, Have different ideas about the world And see if we can come to a consensus And how so Because at the end of the day We all are still humans That's another part of the problem with capitalism It makes you think that We are each individual creatures That are like aliens That are completely disconnected from one another But we're not We're humans And we have a lot of things that's very similar even if our ideas and our individual, you know, um, goals might differ, for the most part, we're, we're quite similar. <laughs> Surprisingly so. I can probably go on and on about this, but I think this is a good um, stopping point. Go watch the video. Because <laughs> talks about this so much better and in so many different ways and uh, probably missed a lot of stuff because once again it's a two and a half hour video, it's absolutely fantastic, go watch the video Bo Burnham versus Jeff Bezos see I didn't even get into the whole aspect of why Bo Burnham is such a genius <laughs> um, now I feel like I want to get into that too but oh my gosh I don't know But I have four minutes, I, yeah I want to kind of end it here Cause there's some other things I want to do today, but um, I'll just say like the reason why he says Bill Burnham is kind of like such a genius with and in this and in many of his ideas and his specials is that um, Bill Burnham realized all of this in terms of the internet. He realized what the internet is doing to people and the parasocial relationships and, and the vertical you know comparisons and how everything is like a performance and all this other stuff. And he realized that you know with the younger folk, cause they're gonna be they're going to be like him growing up. It's like they're going to feel this constant need to be on a performance, to, to you know, treat the Internet as themselves, as their home, as their reality. And um, a lot of older people just don't understand this. They think, oh, you just turn it off, right? You just... No, like, this is them. It's like saying, cut off your arm, cut off your head. Like, it's, it's ridiculous to even, you know, say such a thing. It's like, it doesn't... It, it completely divorces you from the aspect that even if we somehow cut off the internet, it's still going to leave people completely fatalistic and now without any sort of coping mechanisms and because you know people didn't have this didn't learn what it's like to have discussions and to figure out solutions and to you know all this other stuff Then it's just gonna have higher rates of suicide and and all these other problems like it's just gonna make it worse you know The internet is not the problem. It's it's how we've structured the internet along with our communities with our society and um, Bull Burnham realized a lot of this, you know, through his own life and the fact that he basically grew up with and in the internet. And furthermore, as a clinical influencer, where everything his entire life becomes nothing but content. Right? And he was talking about all these, he's showing all these, um, these, uh, what you call it, uh, interviews, goodness with Bo Burnham. I mean, he he just he was going off, like he he knows his shit. Like <laughs> that dude is really smart. But what's scary about Inside is that it kind of feels like he gave up. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, what can we do to solve this problem? He says, I don't know. You know, he's just like, Oh, I guess I'm just gonna make more content, you know. It's really kind of sad. But um, this is why I really like CJ's um video because he mentions that this is what like that's what we can do Is like have these discussions And all this other stuff And I think what we can do Which I've been talking about All this time Is completely restructure our society all Right Go back to these um, Anarchic communities It doesn't have to be Hunter-gatherer societies It could be cities And all this other stuff Which I'm learning But it can also be Completely egalitarian In our, our decision making and our structural system And um, horizontal You know Relationships Rather than Vertical But yeah I'll I'll get more into that You know Uh, All Like And all my other stuff (laughs) But anyways That's it I'll end it there Go watch the video I don't know how many times I got to say it And um, Goodness Have some conversations You know Memes are cool but, but but stop turning everything into a joke <laughs> Yes the world is shit There's a lot of hard stuff going on But we can solve this There's a lot we can do A lot we can do That's really meaningful And um Let's do it So thank you as always for watching For listening rather And um hit me up If you want to have a conversation with me I'm always, I'm always excited to do so So uh, have a great day and see ya, bye bye.